Greetings, friends. Future Andrew here, dropping into these past episodes to tell you thanks. Thanks for checking out RTAF. If you're valuing the show as a wellspring of inspiration and artistic fuel and would like to help keep the show going, you can find out more about how to do that at patreon.com slash podcast. Every little bit adds up and keeps me inspired to bring you quality content on a consistent basis. Thanks for listening, and stay creative. Welcome to episode... <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, start over, sorry. Welcome to episode two of RTAF. We got to hang out with our awesome, loving friend, Emily Kell. Um, she invited us into her beautiful sanctuary apartment and uh, we hung out and had a great talk together. Emily paints images of the divine feminine and channels a lot of good loving energy into all of it and we were lucky enough to sit down with her today for two hours. Topics range from technical color mixing stuff to abstract collective unconscious musings so we hope you enjoy our second episode of rtaf (laughs) how long have you been painting um, I never know how to answer that question because I've been like painting my whole life, you know, yeah. when I was like a little baby girl, I was like, I'm uh-huh. going to be a painter when I grow up. Yeah. But I was, um, painting, you know, abstract stuff. Yeah. And I've been painting like figures and kind of this body of work for like six years. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. So did, did you want to be an artist like you knew since you were a little kid? Yeah, it was like absolutely what I wanted to do. Like from like, you know, three, I was like obsessed with art wow. and like absolutely wanted to do it. Right on. And you went to art school, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Like what was your experience with that? Was it, um, was it freeing in the way that you, you learned a lot of technical stuff? So, um, it was able to help you express your ideas more or was it was it too rigid or, or how do you, how do you feel about that i wouldn't say that it was freeing like i guess the way that you described it it did have that sort of freedom where it's like now i have more of a visual language to like say what i'm trying to say right but um like it was both like i'm so glad i went and i learned mm. so much and i got so much out of it Mm -hmm. but also like they didn't like visionary art they were like you know they were like this psychedelic spiritual art is like cheesy and like you need to look at the modern art magazines and go with the trends (laughs) and that just was depressing to me Mm -hmm. i was like i'm not gonna make art that's like on trend i'm gonna make art that's like from my soul yeah and did did you like did you have a like an inkling to make visionary art when you were in college yeah yeah Mm -hmm. that's when it started and before I don't know if you guys have even seen my like earlier work but before I was doing like the 
goddess, like figurative stuff. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of um, more illustrative, like trippy stuff. It was like sacred geometry and um, like swirly stuff. Mm. And like blatant, like uh, more stereotypical yes, totally. aspects of mm-hmm. visionary art. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like crystals and flower of life stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the turtle yoni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is still like a lot of people still love that one and I love and appreciate her as like a part of my journey. But I definitely feel more like in touch with like a deeper part of my soul with the work I'm doing now. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Your work is really matured. Like I can tell you've been pursuing it for a long time. You've really like found this groove and it's like, it's, it's weird. It's simultaneously subtle. Like the effects that you put into your art, you know, it's like not a blatant color explosion. Mm -hmm. Right. But then it's like uber powerful too. Thank you. you. Yeah, I'm trying to get a little braver with color. That's like one of my big um, goals. Not that I dislike my color palette. Like I just love like earth tones and purple. Mm -hmm. That's like my favorite. But I just, um, I never want to stop growing. So I want to like experiment and, you know, get a little crazy. Hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's always nice to try new things. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I'd frame this as a question, but... uh, I think that's part of being an artist is, is exploring new territories and, um, you know, just breaking out of old patterns and trying to find new ways, like peering into the unknown, journeying in there and bringing out like maybe some useful things or some things that you, you didn't know you liked or maybe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all about exploration and yeah. Deep inner dives for Mm -hmm. me. Do you ever get scared when you discover, like, oh, you unlock a new level um, in your artistic style and it's taking a new direction and you're like, oh, fuck. Now, <laughs> yeah. all my shit I thought was cool is like, I don't know, you move on from it. I've It's totally. been like a painful experience for me. Me too. Sometimes. Yeah, for me, it's like... Um, the more I grow, I always want to stay like in integrity to my like earthly mission. Like mm-hmm. that's like the root of my art is like this, um, this like message of like love and empowerment. So I always want to stay in touch with that. And as I'm growing as an artist, my art gets like weirder and more specific to me. Mm-hmm. And that really excites me. But it also occurs to me that um, it won't resonate with like as large a group of people Mm, as those like broader, um, you know, like the psychedelic art I was doing before. I feel like that was easy for a large group to be like, like, Hey, pointing blatantly towards God or transcendence. Yeah. And you're starting to get in these more subtle, like micro realms of understanding and like little weird pathways. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. love it. That's what it's all about. But yeah, it's, it's like more specific, I guess now. Mm. And if that's where it, takes you that's where you have to go yeah i totally trust it and Mm -hmm. i always trust that the people who it does resonate with will like find me and join me on my journey (laughs) Uh, tell us more about where you're at in your journey uh right now in in life um what what are some things that are (laughs) going on outside of just the art that you make in your life that um that are influencing and and being 
transmuted into the paintings. Yeah. So I'm going through like, I would say I'm, I'm rounding up like my Saturn return. I'm in like the last little 10% of it. And it's been like three years of enormous shifts and growth and like personal growth. And it's been a super challenging, um, like heart opening, super difficult and amazingly beautiful journey to like self-love and um, independence. Mm -hmm. You know, a big part of that was like a huge breakup and then moving all around and feeling unrooted and then finding like the core of myself through that. It's Mm -hmm. like I had to kind of lose all of the structures around me to find myself. Just like finding stillness in yourself. And yeah, you have like these, maybe you're in a period of like extroversion and doing a lot and sharing things. And then, you know, you have to take a break and figure out who you are, like take, take stock, like get yourself aligned a bit. So then you can go back out into the world, um, healthier and more connected with who you are. Mm -hmm. And being like, what is wellness? What does that mean for me? And also Mm -hmm. like, what is my place? What is my earthly purpose? How can I contribute to the collective and like this huge energetic shift that's happening? Mm -hmm. Um, And then like, you know, how to love and support myself and then finding like, okay, I'm not this reflection that I'm seeing um, in the people around me. And I'm not like, um, there are so many so many things that you build like structures in your life of Mm -hmm. like home and family and partnership and all of that. And when all of that sort of crumbled, I found myself in this really interesting place of Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I get to start over and like, who am I? Yeah. Who am I? (laughs) 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 The age old question. Yeah. I feel like more often than not on like weird days, you just, screaming up to the sky Who yeah. Am I? yeah totally <laughs> yeah it's great it's a it's really cool. free feeling yeah it, um that kind of just reminds me of like uh like I, i'm looking at this beautiful buddha statue you have in here and uh i think if i'm saying i could be wrong and maybe some purists will correct me but like one of the central kind of ideas of buddhism is that the self isn't an actual thing it's right. it's more of like this um like suit we put on mm-hmm. uh, meat suit. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing static about it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so the question of who am I, it's like it's such a multifaceted question. It's yeah. like, am I this body? Am I this awareness? Am I, uh, am I th- my personality in this mask that I, that I wear and show other people? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought I'd go off on that tangent a little bit. <laughs> yeah, totally. And like lifting off um, some of that identity, mm-hmm. even though it was like serving its purpose and right. felt safe, um, it feels really good and really free yeah. to be like, okay, I'm this ever-changing um, little thread in an infinite tapestry, and yeah. that's mm-hmm. exciting. It's just like a dance. And like, yeah, like letting go of these parts of your uh, personality or exterior that you think is you. Yeah. It can cause you a lot of pain to try to hold on to it and maintain it rather than just being like, just letting go and watching the phases come through you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, and through that, I found like a couple things that were like fairly consistent, which is like um, just my intentions, like the way I want to move through mm. the world. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I want to make people feel good. Um, I want to be like a warm, supportive entity in mm. this world and like help people move toward and myself included mm-hmm. move toward like empowerment and self-love oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, if you heard that that's uh <laughs> emily's dog bonsai is <laughs> bonsai come here i got i got a question for you What's up? <laughs> All right, is it, is it working again? Yeah. All right, yeah, so I think uh, it's working. Sorry, there's some technical difficulties there. Microphone <laughs> fell off the table. That's the that's show business, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh yeah, but um, Emily, so a vast majority of your work has uh, female figures in your paintings. Mm-hmm. Are these all people that you know? Yes, they're all my friends or people that I've even met and become friends with through the painting process, mm-hmm. but mostly it's like close friends of mine. Right on. Yeah. And then do you do like, do you do photo shoots? With yeah. These like uh. my process is like a big part of, of the painting. We do like a very intentional photo shoot and we'll do like a tarot reading and mm-hmm. have a conversation about, um, what the, individual is like going through and moving through in her life and Mm. then we set intentions for like collective healing and her healing um and i usually write a little prayer on the back and um that's kind of a nice part of it is it becomes like this talisman for like the person in the painting as well as like hopefully resonating with a larger group of people it's badass Yeah, yeah holding that intention from the ground up you know and it's all your creation instead of just find like Googling images and finding some model. Yeah. That's like, a big part of it for me. Mm-hmm. That's and awesome. it's, you know, it's it been an interesting journey cause I'm not like a photographer. Like, you know, I have an eye yeah. obviously, well, but that's the cool thing about being an artist. You can take a shitty photo. And yeah. Then, yeah. Like, process it through your artist lens, you know? Yeah. But I'm sure it would be like easier to just like, get you know professional photographs but i love doing it this way Mm -hmm. Mm. well it it embeds an extra layer of of meaning and specialness into your work yeah and seeing like the women um in the paintings like how it affects them and Mm. often makes them feel like really seen Mm -hmm. um is like what it's all about for me yeah. yeah Yeah, you're empowering your subjects, and then through that, people that view it, they kind of get a they get a hit of that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's like something about so the body of work I'm doing now is sort of about transformation and empowerment, but it's not it's it's meant to like um, incorporate that entire journey. So there's like pieces of it where there's like. Um, pain and despair and Mm. then there's Mm. like um overcoming that and then you know moments of joy and affirmation and um so it's been nice to like hold women through their experiences that are mirroring that sort of like archetypal like hero's journey that we Mm. all go through yeah yeah it's often overlooked as like the difficult stages of the growing process especially with psychedelic and visionary art you Mm. know everything I paint is just happy smiles and like bright colors, <laughs> which is and, lovely and yeah. makes you feel yeah. good. But, but it's cool to yeah. you know, like 
I don't know, maybe it can make some people feel lonely that they don't see images reflecting these yes, difficult states. That's where I was from coming from lens. because mm-hmm. I started um, with more of like this, just focusing on like the moments of pure ecstasy and like totally being tapped into mm-hmm. the collective. Um, and then I went through some really hard times and I was like feeling like, um, the shadow work, which is so important and yeah. such a huge part of growing as a human and as a soul was like not really honored through, um, a lot of the art I was seeing. Mm-hmm, and right. I think it's beautiful. I it's think like the most important part, it's so important. You, you get a glimpse of God yeah. or whatever you want to call it, but then yeah. it comes the hard work afterwards, you know? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's like the most interesting part of the plot line of any story, I think is the the conflict and the confrontation yeah. mm-hmm. with think with obstacles or other people or whatever yeah. it is, you know. And I think that that needs to be illustrated too, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to like camp out there forever, right? But, yeah, because there are those moments of exaltation and just like getting to the top of the fucking mountain. And oh, that feels great. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. But, yeah. You, can't you know, you gotta, time. you gotta battle some, some dragons on your way. Yeah. And Get I try experience up, you know, totally. I try when I'm doing like the shadow work pieces to like still give the women like a glimmer of like, oh, I'm going to get through this and I'm going to be a total Mm -hmm. gangster and get to the top. And so it's it's hopeful, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like recognizing like the shadow and then like the strength that it takes to get through that. And now that I'm thinking about it and we're talking about it, it's almost not necessarily even defeating the shadow, it's more like an integration yeah. Yeah. within mm-hmm. this ever-changing tapestry of yourself Yeah, that you, you just like, you don't push it away, you don't hide from it, you don't try and hide it, but you just weave it into your yeah, beautiful you tapestry of, of who you are mm-hmm. and you, you accept it and you, you bring it out when you need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you yeah. got to. It builds so much strength. You do. Uh, You know. You have to be sassy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Emily, you're um, a funky priestess. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You're maybe the the funky priestess. (laughs) So, um, how like how did you come across uh, an understanding of looking at the world through the lens of magic and putting that into practice? You know. Um, that's an interesting one too. I feel like a, a like weird person in this way where I feel like I sort of came into this world, like this prepackaged, like, you know, little human, like (laughs) I was like a little kid and I was like, I love purple and magic (laughs) and art. And it's just been that way. Like I just, that's wild. Just knew what I liked, I guess. And I've always been interested in magic. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's grown, like, obviously, um, there's not as much guidance in, in the in the world today, um, in terms of learning magic, Mm -hmm. I would love to like, be a part of like, an, a more official and ancient like practice. Yeah. yeah where like I could learn teacher. from elders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gotten bits and pieces of that along yeah. my journey, but, um, really I just like to do sort of earth magic and, um, 
ritual and stuff. It's an important part of my life. Yeah, it's really cool. I've always been interested in magic, you know, here and there and read books and stuff. And then it was really cool. We we came over to your house one night and uh, sat in. We did the ritual. It's really powerful to be with friends and share um, share your pains and your hopes together. So powerful. Release that and watch it actually uh, come to fruition. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we should do another one at the next new yeah. one because it was it was really powerful for me too. There's something for me about like. Um, being, being able to hold that space for people, Mm -hmm. um, which is like my favorite thing to do. Like if someone will allow me to like facilitate, you know, an intention setting ceremony, I just feel like so alive and connected in that space. Yeah. It was really, it's powerful. It, it, It speaks, it's like a continuation of your art projects in the way you hold your life. Like it all melts together. Yeah. Totally. And, uh, yeah, you really just help people like be vulnerable mm-hmm. and feel uh, okay with themselves. Thank you. Yeah, that kind of like that, dovetails you know. into live painting at festivals. Oh you yeah. Say. Like I, I have this. I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is adjectively, but uh, I have this thing that I say where, I, like, when I go live painting at a festival, I'm not only a painter but I'm somewhat of a, like a pro bono, uh, clinical psychologist (laughs) (laughs) who, you know, who want to come up and talk and you can always kind of give people the like, okay, cool. And then just like, you know, turn back to your painting. But Mm -hmm. I'd say at least one person per festival, I get tells you everything deep. Yeah. And I, and I'll, I'm like, okay, you know, let's listen, let's open up the space for this person to just, process things out loud Mm -hmm. and it's kind of cool because live painters at festivals were literally kind of like on the fringes of uh of the crowd like physically yeah Yeah, physically Uh, but then also we're kind of like fringe in the art community at large right Mm -hmm. but i think we're kind of we're fringe in it we're we're like (laughs) catching people with this net in a way, mm-hmm. you know, who, and we have the light shining. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like moths. Yeah, like yeah. moths to the light. <laughs> yeah, I think that you know, even in the art world, we play an important role because it's like the art that we make, like actually speaks to people. And there's other. I'm not saying that all modern art does not speak to people, and we're super special and whatever. <laughs> but. Um, I think a lot of people who wouldn't be necessarily interested in art look at some of the stuff we make and they're like, oh yeah, I can relate to that. That's yeah. totally what happened for me. Uh, I'd always been around art my whole life, but I was never that into it. And then I f- saw Alex Gray's art and right. you're like, oh shit, whoa. Right. And then I always, in a way, wanted to make art for people that didn't have to be into art. It was yeah. just, it was just inherently kind of, uh, you didn't have to like read about it or understand the time totally. and place it came from. It right. was just, you see it and it's fun and yeah. you see it and it's interesting. And it's got energy. Yeah. yeah you know? I guess in like the art world at large, we're like lowbrow artists, <laughs> yeah. which like, I wouldn't have it any Whatever. other way. Your, like, your figures I love are it. amazing. And they're like it's super beautiful. On point. Thank you. And you too. I mean, anybody that like, that wants to like, you know, big up themselves because they went to an academy and, 
did all this like training. It's like good for you. That's great. And I and and trust me, there's some great art out there that I do love. I would shout out people right now, but uh, I'm not going to. <laughs> but, but like, I I don't know. It's like, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of like dancing around this arc archetype of the art critic, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that kind of just like, ooh, this is not, this is no good. And yeah, like, I don't pay that in about mind. Your art matters. Like, yeah, well, I think what's cool now is like. Uh, with the internet and social media and everything, it's like you just make stuff and you hope it's cool, and then people that dig it dig it, exactly. and people that don't just yeah, don't pay they attention don't need to, to look. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, um, in that same vein, I've been like um, studying art therapy a little bit, and it's shifted my perspective a bit. Um, where now I'm really interested in the process and mm-hmm. like what mm-hmm. happens. Um, emotionally and spiritually through the process of making art. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's really opened me up to like not necessarily needing things to be like visually um, perfect Mm -hmm. or, you know, even if they're like not visually pleasing at all and it it has this story about like someone healing through this work of art, it's still like a really powerful work of art. Yeah, like taking it back to its roots, you know, Mm -hmm. that's... It's like kind of why we start out art in a way. It's therapeutic, and then I think maybe um, it can happen as you try to make a living with it or be a like professional. Right, you can kind of lose sight of like you're still doing it with intention, but you kind of forget about the roots of just right. like pouring the stuff feeling, out yeah. and not making everything like just not making stuff that you know like you enjoy it and it comes from a good place, but also right. you're making it so you could like sell the piece, mm-hmm. you know, right. instead of just making some shit, like just scribbling on a page. Cause you're just frustrated yeah. and you need to get it out. <laughs> well, yeah. on the, on the other side of that too, not to just poo poo all over that, but it's like, uh, <laughs> I just think in, in, you know, dualistic terms, like you do want to get out your feelings and like process all these things. And that's very beautiful. Um, but at a certain point, you also want to tell a story and have your your thread of, of the story contribute to the overall, again, I'll use the metaphor of a tapestry of art at large. And, you know, if we make up the fringe of that tapestry, that's arguably in some ways the most important part. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it just depends on where you're coming from. Like, mm-hmm. as a professional artist i think yeah that is right. a piece of it Absolutely. but then yeah. some folks can just like splash paint around exactly and, like, it doesn't exactly. even matter but even some professional artists right, right. splash paint around and they're like that'll be five million dollars right, yeah. right right and <laughs> need to get yeah. on that level i don't song. exactly yeah. get that um no i but. i i like um you know, when I'm asked my opinion about like the super modern art, uh-huh. I'm like, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't get it. I don't, yeah. I mean, Personally. like, some of it, I mean, for instance, like, I love purple, like, <laughs> deeply, passionately. Like, I get excited I'm when someone's on a couch. Yeah, just so with you know, a purple pillow. Yeah, Emily has purple hair and a purple couch with a purple, purple glasses. Pillow and-, <laughs> <laughs> and if I just see like, if someone has just painted like a painting that's like solid purple, it will like tickle the Do deepest parts of my soul. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, it's not, you know, it's not that all of it 
doesn't do anything for me. But right. but I, I see what you're saying. And I just kind of like, I don't know. Well, I think that some of it is like, I, I don't know how to say this, but some of the modern art world is, is just this kind of like dick swinging competition. It's like designer labels. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, I bought this. It's just like uh-huh. rich people buying status symbols. Yeah, aren't you glad we don't have to do that exactly. shit? Like we yeah. have our own little bubble that we made yeah. and we don't have to like but have... I think all our art worlds exist in their own bubbles though. And then it's yeah. just yeah, people true, just play it by different games, you true, know? True, yeah. yeah. I like, like our game though. Yeah, it's, it's a, a little I like friendlier. Our game too. People <laughs> with millions of dollars, you want to buy some expensive shit. Yeah. But that's like it's just a different aspect of culture that's right. manifested. It's right. not right or wrong. It's mm-hmm. an yeah, just it's not right. right or wrong. Yeah, yeah. For but sure. I feel um more nurtured in our mm-hmm. little bubble than I would in in that more competitive seeming yeah. um because it's more about like uh collaboration right. and uh doing something together yeah. instead of like, uh, you know, s- there's no mindset of scarcity. I think at least with yeah, uh, other sharing. psychedelic artists I hang out with, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. we're all helping each other out. Like we're BFFs. Yeah. And I think that's why we started this podcast too. We're like, yeah. we just need to sit down and talk to our friends about the stuff that turns us on and ignites us, mm-hmm. you know, on a emotional and, and, and spiritual soul level. <laughs> and, you know, just, no, I don't know. Just <laughs> talk about the funky dope shit. Yeah. Speaking of funky, why is why is purple? Why does it stimulate the feeling of funkiness? What what is that <laughs> oh about? Oh my gosh, it? I don't know. <laughs> like I feel like purple is like this alien gift from another planet that <laughs> just came down to make everybody happy. I don't know. It's it, interesting how purple was like. A super rare pigment, mm-hmm. like only royalty had it yeah. to a certain point. Yeah, yeah. It, I think it. like the the you know how different colors are different waves. Mm-hmm. I think like the wave of purple just like melds with energy in this really pleasing way, and it's like a really high vibrational color. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah, <laughs> it's just good. Are you? So are you some sort of like secret? sect of uh royal lineage is that what you're trying to say no comment do you eat people (laughs) no people okay all veg veg. (laughs) that's a good jumping off point do you want to talk about well do you want to talk about your trip sure that you went on last night yeah sure yeah tell the people Mm. okay so i did a, a heroic journey last night with um some penis envies those are mushrooms for the layman thanks for specifying that intense heroic penis trip <laughs> um and i went with like the classical thing i've i've heard about this so many times terrence as like oh, mm-hmm. yeah i guess terrence mckenna's um ritual is like listening to classical music and I actually found this playlist that was like from like the Johns Hopkins I think um oh. they like put together like the best possible mushroom trip the playlist ultimate trip list. yeah it was yeah. like a lot of classical um and then it opened up into some um more like yoga type of stuff at the end mm. but um it was 
amazing. I wore a blindfold and really went super deep and far out. And it was a big healing experience for me mostly. Like I felt um, I had been suffering with a lot of physical pain and um, I, I am still in pain today, but I was able to remove the top bit of that, which was like um, any self-judgments that I had, which I realized was like sitting around me energetically, like this very heavy energetic structure. And that just sort of lifted and felt removed. And I actually feel lighter. So, um, I think hopefully that will facilitate a lot of healing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did you say you almost felt like guilty for your pain? I did. Yeah. yeah, That was your fault or something. Yeah. it, It was like a lot of, um, programming from like spiritual, um, misguided concepts, I guess like spiritual bypassing or like, you know, good intended folks and structures, um, misunderstanding like karma and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So that, um, after having quite a bit of pain for three years now, I had really internalized this idea that it had to somehow be my fault or something that I was doing wrong spiritually that was causing it. Mm -hmm. And so um, as I was trying to heal it and figure it out, I was also trying to figure out like, what am I doing wrong? So I was constantly walking around with this feeling of like, yeah, a little bit of guilt. And yeah, and that just makes everything worse. Yeah. It on yeah. And I became aware of that and, and lifted it off and it was so beautiful. And now like, I'm really gonna, um, protect that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like cool. the ego sneaking in through the back door through these, uh, spiritual ideas or modalities mm-hmm. where it's like, Oh, well, if karma exists and that must mean if karma and free will exist, then that must mean that every person is responsible for every little thing right. about themselves. <laughs> and, and instead of just being like, this is a situation I'm in, yeah, I, it's nothing yeah. that I have done or am doing. Um, yeah. But the the opposite of that is is walking around just judging every little action thought right. and behavior yeah, yeah which your, may actually some be slack hindering right. your and process. everybody else slack and it's a gift you know like the the stuff that we go through the challenges that's like how we shine like the facets of ourself and mm, yeah so you know appreciating it too is like an interesting dynamic it's like I'm ready to release that obviously, Mm -hmm. but I really appreciate, um, the parts of me that I've grown through, um, that Mm -hmm. heaviness. Shout out to that experience. Yeah. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I suppose that's how you acquire wisdom, you know? Totally. And empathy and compassion. Mm, Mm -hmm. I think like, um, our world just needs like so much more compassion and like everybody needs more love not less, so, you know, ourselves included. It's weird how easy it is to not be empathetic towards others. Yeah. Like, yeah, especially it, when you're driving it, your car. Like, yeah, <laughs> like face-to-face with people, it's very easy to be empathetic to yeah. others. Mm-hmm. But especially through, like, social media or in a car, like, when you have these barriers between yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Bro, when I'm in my uh, car, <laughs> I'm, I just call people the worst name. <laughs> and, you know... 
maybe they got a they're rushed into the hospital because their wife's in labor right. and i'm just like fuck, nah, fuck that guy <laughs> <laughs> and but or you know i don't know <laughs> i don't know where it's going with that but yeah it's that you can't see their face you can't pick up on their micro expressions yeah, yeah. how they're feeling um and and maybe that's a detriment to our society in terms of um like i think it would i always thought it would be a great idea to have and maybe not now that i'm saying it out loud but to have little uh com links between cars to be like hey my wife's you know in labor could you please move out of the way it's I like yeah i love that of course. Oh, i love man. that people would surely abuse it yeah people would just troll yeah. you all day great idea. Yeah, it'd be like a you know xbox or something where yeah. some like 16 year old kid is like get out of the way asshole i got diarrhea come on quick <laughs> i gotta get off this exit shit <laughs> oh my goodness but, show, show me your tits but i don't know it's like more communication not less i think yeah is, yeah. is the thing yeah maybe with a with a nod to uh everybody's got their own brand of totally. pain and suffering Everybody that they're going does. through yeah um and so to just be cognizant of that yeah, yeah. and like yeah cutting yourself and everybody's slack and being everybody's doing all the time yeah. like everybody's doing their best and we're all just kind of watching this thing happen mm-hmm. yeah. and nobody knows w- w- exactly why we're here or what the goal is so to like judge yourself for the state you're in or to judge others it's it's so kind of ridiculous it's like a waste you, of you don't even know why yeah. we're here it's like, a waste of energy yeah, yeah. it's yeah. misuse of energy it's like maybe why you're here is just to cut everyone's slack yeah. for like yeah. regardless of how um limited or short-sighted or yeah weird it is it's yeah. like hey this is weird and we're all doing this together we're yeah. on a rock shooting through outer space what the fuck yeah you know? <laughs> totally yeah and on the other side of that like boundary making has been a huge thing for me because mm. i've always been like super empathic like mm. i just like I'm like a sponge person and I can feel everyone's feelings all the time. And so like lately I've been using ritual to like form really healthy walls where now I can still like look outside and be like, oh, I can feel that this person's having a hard time, but I'm not going to absorb that as my own and give myself a health a heavier experience right yeah like it doesn't fuck you up but you just you wish them well yeah but it has it has fucked me up for years definitely like feeling everything all the time has been like really intense yeah like wanting everyone to feel good yeah and and taking that on as your own responsibility is kind of it's absurd it's like you're gonna drown in the (laughs) other person's shit yeah if you do that yeah so now i've just um you know been focusing on myself and sort of shifting that and then um opening up to more collective experiences when i have space and Mm -hmm. noticing when i have the space and um spending really sacred alone time and like really being able to identify like what's mine and what's like collective because there's a lot of heaviness Mm -hmm. in the collective right now and yeah intuitive people feel that heavily and i think like you're an artist and when you're an artist, what you do, it's an introspective activity mm-hmm. and that you have to allow yourself to be an introvert. Yeah. yeah. You have to charge up the batteries and it can be exhausting, you know, like just yeah. being around people all the time and I'm, that like not to have shame that you want to be alone right? and, and 
process what you have experienced right. and just mm-hmm. allowing yourself the space to do that and no like guilt or thinking you should yeah. be integrating with society differently you know like don't stay there forever and overstay your welcome in your introversion because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it'll turn into depression or something right. like yeah. that yeah, yeah there's a sweet spot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's all about balance yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. do you think that the the world actually has more heaviness right now or do you think that that's just uh amplified by the the news that we're fed constantly through the internet and um uh just how social media has uh privileged posts that ignite drama um i think that that's part of it um and i also think mainly that like I don't know because I right. haven't been around for like thousands of years, <laughs> but I like to like, you know, feel into that. And to me, like I, I sort of, um, I wouldn't say like, I believe like religiously, but I'm interested in the concept of ages and that our, our world has a consciousness that moves through different ages mm-hmm. and those ages carry different energies. For sure. So with that concept in mind, um, we are now in like the Kali Yuga, which is like mm. the age of destruction, mm-hmm. which is a beautiful destruction. It's like things become... Um, they surface things that were like subconscious come to the right. surface to All be transmuted. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So, I mean, that does resonate with me. Well, you I, see everything being exposed and like all yeah. these weird lies and manipulations are yeah. all yeah. bubbling to the surface. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it causes like uh, panicked uh, feelings in people and stuff. Right. Cause everything yeah. you knew is like kind of being dispelled and yeah. but then it's part of liberation, you know, it's like, yeah, we're kind of taking on this, um, yeah, just so much information yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. And it's that, like time like, is speeding up. Yeah, I don't know if if we're necessarily wired um, to take on that information, but as we, you know, seed uh, more and more generations into the future, maybe our DNA will uh, open itself up to take on more and more conscious information about um, people and situations and relationships between ideas that we might not have even known about before which kept us kind of like sane in a way but now it's you know i always think the more information the better so you can better navigate through whatever this life is and means Mm -hmm. i don't know that's just kind of a one of those thinking out loud things that i do (laughs) well i suppose too like maybe it's easy to say it from my position because life has been kind of decent but that like whatever's happening is exactly what's supposed to happen yeah i totally trust it i think Mm -hmm. it's beautiful um but i do i do tend to think of things in terms of like um i see the earth as like a conscious being and humanity as like a conscious being yeah like a reflection so yeah, yeah, just like, like you go through your personal stuff. Exactly. The earth so is like, yeah. I feel like we're in as a collective, like our like tumultuous adolescent years. You yeah. Know? Right. And I, I really feel hopeful about it. I feel like we're like unraveling all of this um, stuff that's just been like sort of beneath the surface, brewing um, a lot of animosity between um, people who 
you know, for whatever reason, feel separate from one another. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I do. I feel like we're going through a transition and it does feel like a heavy time. Um, but you know, what part of that is, you know, the news I can't say, cause I, I definitely don't think that helps, you know? Yeah. Right. And it, it's like, um, we, we all go through difficult times and humanity at large can go through difficult times, but yeah. I think it's, it's helpful to maintain optimism or to see the other side. Cause it, it can be really easy to fall into this echo chamber of like, uh, everything's fucked up. It's all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not how I feel at all. I yeah, feel like yeah. we're in this juicy rebirth time and uh-huh. it's like, yeah. oh, it's about to get so good. Like oh, yeah. for yeah. hundreds of years before this, like, you know, certain um, groups of people were like sort of voiceless. And mm-hmm. now right. it's like everything is like coming to a head and it yeah. feels really intense, but like, like cause everybody how beautiful. Has a voice now. Yeah. Like, everybody's yeah. part of that conversation. And it's yeah. like, Oh, we have to work through this. We've been separated, uh, socially or spiritually. And we're all like, kind of just, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's but, like clunky yeah. and but it's awkward. Like and yeah. But then yeah. we're going to like, I think we'll come to a happy medium and that, you know, it's like, uh, the worst things that happen to you are the best things that happen exactly. to you because they challenge you and you grow and you, yeah, become, you become exactly. wiser. Right. And like, uh, I think, I think we're like going through an interesting, strange social period to where on the other side, um, if, if enough of us can hold it down together and encourage each other, uh, will be a wiser species. I think so too. And I I think even like environmental stuff that's happening, it's like, we are going to have to course correct. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I think like everything that we've been through, like if you look at humanity's path as like a singular, like human path, it makes sense as like an evolution mm-hmm. and, and the process of like fucking up and then learning and growing and yeah. becoming more unified. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think um, something that you guys know who Michael Pollan is. Yeah. I don't think so. He wrote um, The Omnivore's Dilemma. Mm-hmm. And he he has a new book. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's about psychedelics. And he's kind of like a mainstream ish author, so he's bringing um, the use, the therapeutic yeah. use of uh, things like mushrooms and uh, ayahuasca, kind of to the mainstream consciousness. Yeah. He was a straight dude, just curious. Yeah, mm. and so um, one of the things he says that psychedelics can do uh, is you know, we have two big problems on our plate. Well, we have more than that as, as a human race, but two of the biggest problems he thinks is, uh, tribalism and then also, uh, environmental, um, problems, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And he says that the problem, the main problem with both those things is seeing yourself separate from nature and separate from other humans. Yeah. And that, psychedelics really integrate you into this web Mm -hmm. of life which is not only the life that supports you through nature and and living on this earth but also the web of humans that support you Mm -hmm. because you can't really extract the things that you need out of earth by yourself Mm -hmm. like everyone needs help right when you go to get a banana at the store how many hands and how many eyes and how many people have 
have made it just so that you can find those perfect mm-hmm. yellow bananas at That's the a dirty store. Banana. And then you go yeah, I home. I hope they wash their hands. <laughs> yeah, I hope they wash their hands. Whatever. There's there's appeal on that thing. I don't eat the peel. But then you come home and you know, you for me at least, I'm you know, I'm I guess my privilege is showing here, but uh I put my bananas in my blender and then like the people who built that blender so right. that I could just like I don't have to bother with chewing anymore. I just, <laughs> it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, Soft we're all Andrew connected here. to each other. And at whatever, whatever material thing you happen to be using, whether it's food or a lovely purple couch, uh-huh. um, it's definitely been constructed or helped along with at least a few other people totally and helps to remember yeah it helps to remember that and like how many of those Mm -hmm. people probably have completely different worldviews than you but you're and does that even matter when you're enjoying uh you know uh uh, smoked salmon or or whatever it is you're you're having you know it's like that's that surface level like opinion stuff that you can get an argument with but really we're all collaborating together. Right. Exactly. And like yeah. in practice, we're so much more alike and we're doing this grand humanity project mm-hmm. together. Yeah. And it's like and the we, fingers can yeah. hate the toes, but like that would be yeah. so silly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The toes are like, oh, we've been walking around all day and the fingers are like, oh yeah, well we've been busy pointing at things. <laughs> so what do you know about yeah, that? I've been in a the nose all like, day. You don't know anything about support. And like, that's dumb. Really. Yeah. You should have your fingers and toes touching each other. Yeah. All the time. Not at all, all the times. Time. But uh, at least once a day yeah just be like what up toes oh what up love you man (laughs) yeah thank you and and the way i see it is like through my psychedelic experiences i've actually um experienced like unity you know i really think that like we all came from one source and Mm -hmm. we're just like one being experiencing itself and then Mm -hmm. as we evolve um, we'll eventually like go back into that. So right. it's not to say that you like always have to be in that perspective because it's right, really right. far out. But, but to catch a glimpse of it, yeah. Because to function, you have to have some sort of semblance of an individual, right? Being. Yeah. Right. But once you do see beyond the veil and you see it all dissolved and you realize it's all, it's yeah. all one happening in occurrence, and that yeah. can and exist that, in the yeah. back of your consciousness mm-hmm. and make you like nice. It really beats, <laughs> yeah. It beats the idea out of you of like. Uh, Wanting to dominate others. Right. Because mm-hmm. you're dominating yourself. Yeah. Because you want to have collaboration. And yeah. mm-hmm. you can join in like sport in a way and like be competitive with others. But yeah. mm-hmm. you, don't want, you don't want to see anybody not have uh, a, a decent experience of their right. life. Right. You, you want right. better for everybody. Right. Yeah. And, you want to have some mm-hmm. love for everybody. Yeah. 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 How long ago did you move out here to Boulder? Um, I've been here for a year now. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. And what brought you to this fucking crazy epicenter of awesome artists? Like, um, so strange. Yeah, like, I love it. I mean, yeah. the artists, like you guys, like that's why I stayed. But I mm-hmm. came here because 
um, it's also like a center of healing. And I found mm. like this really cool doctor here mm-hmm. and I was just going to stay here for two months and then just like mosey on. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I think I'll stay a while. <laughs> this is cool. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Yeah. I'm loving it. Have you, uh, like, have you met a, a lot of new artists here or did you know most of them? Um, I've met yeah. tons of new people, but I also know a lot from live painting. I've been live painting at festivals since like 2009. So like that's crazy. 10 years yeah. now. You've been live painting for 10 years. Yeah. yeah. So I, wow. I knew like so many homies and had no idea <laughs> that they all lived here. Yeah. Mm. And I got here and was like, Oh my God, you live here. You live here. <laughs> and it was just like really exciting, especially with like, um, you know, having left my home of 10 years, um, to move to a new home with a partner and then we split. So I was kind of like, Oh, where's my little, you know, spot in the universe. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a part of a community here. Yeah, and it's that's like, really great. Home. Yeah. Home you didn't know you had. Yeah. yeah. I remember looking up to you, um, when I first started painting, cause oh. you were like painting at all these shows I used oh, to go I to in the Southeast and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's just so cool to to have met you and we go way back. Yeah, your art's so good and mature. I was so intimidated to meet you. I was ex- I was scared. That's I was hilarious. I was scared That's so of you. funny. We're all just we were such all intimidated by each other. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, oh my god, she's so good and so cool. No, and I'm like the dorkiest like <laughs> goober person. Like I don't I don't feel intimidating at all yeah you're not at all <laughs> no. as as you, like, well that's what happens continually but again and again do like, that to each other yeah, yeah. not just us yeah. towards her, her no her towards us or you and i towards each other it's like mm-hmm. so many people have these stories where like well i don't know if that artist likes me or whatever but right. know, like, i really like their art and i'd like i'd like to meet them and it's just like i don't know it's it's funny it's like so interesting because i don't know if it's a painter thing yeah um I think it's magnified in artistic fields, but I think it's a human thing. It's yeah. a human thing for we're sure because like we see yeah. someone doing or, well, yeah. yeah, or someone doing good work, and mm-hmm. we're like, oh, "What do they know?" That, yeah. that monkey yeah, knows yeah. where all the bananas are at. No, I've had people <laughs> be like, you know, they liked my artwork and they felt so intimidated by me, and I was like, I don't understand, like. Uh, being able to paint like doesn't yeah. make me like an ascended human being. Like I'm <laughs> no. still like a shit show sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know what I mean? Like people yeah. would like assume I like had it figured out and I was like, Nope, I just move like the colored mud around the canvas. <laughs> and, like, straight, yeah. You're just like a regular <laughs> fucked up person. Yeah. But you just happen to do this one thing that is visually represented repeatedly. Right. Yeah, so yeah. You get excellent at it, but you're still just like a shithead yeah (laughs) yeah and then i've done that myself like i there's some artists that i look up to Mm -hmm. and where i like totally fangirl and i'm just like Mm -hmm. they've got it figured out like you know i want to be them when i grow up Mm -hmm. yeah i I had kind of like so i've kind of tried to deprogram myself from that me too i don't i did i tell my alex gray story last time because I won't tell it again. If I think I it was told somewhere. Yeah, I think I'm well, now I'm together. super curious. It, and like, yeah, yeah, but it was our one together. It's worth repeating. It's interesting. Right. Like, so. Um, Abridged. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I've met, I've met people like 
Alex, meeting Alex Gray won't be weird or intimidating. And <laughs> Randall took us up to like the green room at this um, show. Mm-hmm. And the green room actually happened to be this long ass conference room with like bright fluorescent lights. And there was literally a conference table that was like 15 seats long on either side. And we come up in this service elevator and we get to the room and the doors open up. And Alex and Allison Gray are like standing on the other side of the room and they're all black. And right. it's like stark white in the room. Yeah. And I got like one of these like, Oh shit. They're beautiful. Uh, oh shit. Yeah. Oh shit. That looks <laughs> yeah. great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I act, like act, colors. Act cool. <laughs> What's your favorite color? Uh, uh, hi. I love you. <laughs> One of those, you know. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't know if that's just an inborn human thing where it's we. It's very human. We look up to people like that. Mm-hmm. And maybe but, especially people in your own path. Like, yeah. yeah. I didn't know Emily. And it's like, oh, she's killing it in a way that I don't even understand so right. so sweet thank right. you you're killing it in a way that i don't even understand See, that's, the that's thing, why we yeah. need to collaborate like we all yeah <laughs> we all are just trying we're, we all specialize in our own strangeness yeah. and you think right. it's something like yeah beyond but it's like no that's just like the, that's just right. their strangeness yeah. yeah it's like you have your own thing that you can optimize right mm-hmm. and then on the other side of that there can be this beautiful awareness of like oh, this is how this person might be feeling and then using that to make them feel really good. Like Alex yeah. Gray um, has been like so nice. really nice and supportive of me and mm-hmm. it was so powerful coming right. from him. Yeah, somebody right. you really respect. When, yeah. when they kind of give you like a nudge or like a little nod, you know. And they, Yeah. Uh, that, that was the other thing about meeting him is like, I showed him the piece I was working on. He's like, oh, wow, nice. Yeah. And then we just started talking about other stuff. And it was just like, we were just joking around, having a little joke fest. <laughs> if you hear that noise, that's, yeah, that's my uh, dog. Emily's dog, He's crying. Bonsai. He pushed his ball under the couch. Oh, oh Bonsai. <laughs> Should we get his ball? Hey, Thanks, Blair. I don't think we'll ever do a podcast episode that isn't interrupted by a by pet, an animal. By, yeah, <laughs> and I would hate if it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it's an important part. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, bonsai. What do you got to say? Shout out to bonsai. <laughs> <laughs> what were we just talking about? Oh, being Alex intimidated Gray. by people. Yeah. yeah, but no, yeah. So five minutes, not even five minutes. Like after him being like giving me that encouraging nod of like your work's really great, man. Keep mm-hmm. it up. We just started bullshitting and joking around. Yeah. And yeah. He, told me this story he's like well i still have to mow the yard at cosm so i was riding around on riding lawn <laughs> you're good at that boy yeah. that's uh, funny and then you know this tornado came in and i had to I was holding on to my hat and tornado this, and, and it was just like dude you're fucking hilarious yeah, yeah. Oh, you're just like a dude <laughs> and yeah, that's what i think what's like really special about our art community is like because there's a spiritual component to it, a lot of artists um, who in other communities might lose their humility mm-hmm. have stayed human and humble Maintain and kind. It, yeah. right. And that's what I love about it so right. much. Yeah. 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 Like, and I think, I think if we're talking spiritual too, like it's not just like epic psychedelic visions. That no, it's like human you, stuff. Yeah. It's just like being a funny, humorous kind mm-hmm. open person mm-hmm. yeah it's almost like um psychedelics awakened me to quote unquote spirituality mm-hmm. and then after you see the world through that lens it's a lens accessible to you 
and everything is spiritual in a sense. Yeah. yeah. Like, even like, like I've had trips that were like entirely about farting like <laughs> the whole time. And it was like really elevating. Like I grew through it, but like the whole six hours just like farting like, and laughing. Man, farts will never yeah. not be funny. Yeah. And that's true. It's I mean, like, true. It's the greatest joke ever told. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys ever do like a, if you, if you have like a fart coming on, do you ever do like a pirouette into a fart? It makes it way wow, funnier. Wow, that if, sounds beautiful. Yeah, just kind of give yourself a little leg kick. If you get one coming, will you demonstrate? Yeah, I'll demonstrate okay, good. it. This reiterate, reiterates yeah. my idea. We need a fart mic, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we could have a fart soundboard <laughs> where we just record our own farts. And then at certain parts during the interviews that we have, we press the button, act like nothing happened, and yeah. see what our interviewer, or interviewee, how they react. If they don't laugh, they're never coming back on. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, that, like, uh, in laugh the, yeah. uh, as you're trying to uh, contemplate like uh, where do we uh, where do we go from here so yeah. the human body <laughs> it's pretty cool right yeah no but it's not like all just like this lofty like serious spiritual stuff yeah, like, that's, yeah. some that's of it. the most important um revelations that i've had are like stuff like that like whoa we're in this like meat machine yeah. and it's like it's so to, weird to laugh at the at a fart it's yeah spiritual as fuck oh, and yeah. to also it's like joy. laugh at yourself yeah, you know yeah. there's so much weird shit that we do and i know yeah. just not taking yourself seriously it's interesting much. like it's great yeah it's interesting like when i first discovered psychedelics and the idea of spirituality you thought and you like trying to aim so high right all the time yeah and like you're just going to be let down if you do that and then yeah you just realize that like uh just normal everyday shit yeah. is so potent and, and you can awesome. have those moments where you're like oh my gosh yeah. i'm sitting with my guides and ascended masters and everything is made of crystals and it's awesome <laughs> yeah. and then you can like trip and fart and it's like <laughs> both are like equally potent in a way exactly you know? it's all part of the spectrum of um experience yeah, experience yeah. of consciousness yeah. and to, yeah i guess i suppose to, like categorize one as being more important than anything right. else it's yeah it's all just happening. That's when you get oh, into good. that same trap of uh, like spiritual materialism. I yeah. Think. yeah. Like Where you're attaining like, And, and then you, your ego uses it as a way to just act like you're better than other people. Too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, I know the t- top 60, at least yeah. top 60 I've, ascended yeah. masters. <laughs> I've, like, I've transcended. So, I've communed with. Yeah. yeah. It's like. Buddha. Stop. Yes. Just get your head out of your own ass. Yeah. yeah. And then when I have experiences like that, it's really interesting um, because it's like, is that something separate or is that like an aspect of me that I'm mm. meeting? Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I think yeah. it's simultaneous. Yeah. It's, yeah. Because like, what can be separate from you? Right. Like, exactly. And then it's, it's like, yeah. well, if nothing is separate, then there's no distinction between mm you know you and i in yeah. that sort of experience it trips you out it's like hard to describe it's just yeah the it gets very noodly god experiencing itself in different forms and yeah. teaching itself but like why yeah <laughs> like what are we doing what the fuck are we why why do we have to do this i love just like asking questions and like 
I'm trying to like be someone who doesn't crystallize into knowing things and answers and just staying open and always like being able to change my opinion when I have new information presented. And yeah, because like the more you suppose you think, you know, is it just opens up the uh, tenfold more questions, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then you just, you start realizing how fun it is to just be like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It it gets increasingly harder to have a strong opinion on anything really. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun to just explore, you know, Mm -hmm. explore consciousness and life with friends without being like, this is my hard and fast opinion. Yeah. Cause then you're limited and and you're going to miss out on a lot of uh, cool avenues that could otherwise be like super intriguing and fascinating, you know? Yeah. The juicy bits. Uh huh. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of, uh, did you say juicy bits? I did. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think makes uh, vaginas so magic. Mm, I think a lot of things. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> in a real sense, they it's a are. To another yeah, yeah, they're like an interdimensional <laughs> totally. gateway. It's a like portal. It literally souls is. come through. I mean, I I'm pretty sure I believe in reincarnation. Mm-hmm. It it feels very real to me. Um, yeah. and it's like so these souls are like flying in from elsewhere uh-huh. you know and it's magical and like women are like the portals and it's really crazy that you emerge out of some sort of infinite or different dimensional space and you pop out of a, p- a vagina <laughs> a, p- a vagina <laughs> and then you're just in a meat suit like it's yeah. so strange man yeah. it's so strange i wonder if that's like you know like uh people's obsession with getting back into it if you like want that if you want that like (laughs) like you're like you feel so uncomfortable here and like confused and you're just like you want to like get back in there to where you didn't feel these like painful limitations of human body i mean i think uh, often um when people go through like a major trauma or something Mm -hmm. a lot of them want to like curl up in a fetal position yeah. and even be like wrapped in like tight blankets and stuff like, like that. You're in the womb again. Yeah, yeah. That's a, it's a good feeling. It I think really is. Uh, maybe part of, part of the ass, uh, part of, I don't, how do I talk again? <laughs> How's this work? Part will do. I think maybe, you know, there's a trick to creating your own uh, womb around yourself uh, mentally mm. or uh, emotionally, you know, and just being comfortable wherever you're at. Are you in a womb right now? Are you gestating? Actually, yeah. yeah. I'm in my own nice. thought that's womb. A big, that's a big womb. It's this, yeah. <laughs> you feel it? You're in my womb. It's a big <laughs> baby. <laughs> I'm an adult baby. Uh, I don't have a tube anymore, but I do wear diapers. So. <laughs> I think that feeling is like what a good percentage of my artwork is about. I do mm. a lot of like mm. fetal um, like pieces that are about transformation, but I also want them to give like viewers this sense of like safety, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. being wrapped yeah. up in that in cosmic womb, comfort. Cosmic we've all known yeah, that we yeah. All from. Mm-hmm. yeah. How do you nurture that cosmic comfort outside of a womb? I have like a whole. Um, that was bonsai. Yeah, bonsai is being silly. I have like a whole protocol that I have um, put into my life. You know, mm-hmm. um, it involves like 
meditation, dancing, like mm-hmm. ritual, boundary setting, curling up in a fetal position, <laughs> uh, movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a lot for me, like as a highly sensitive human being, it like, it's a lot of maintenance to like really stay is. safe it's a in lot this of world. Practicing. And, yeah. And uh, yeah. And find things that make you feel whole or okay yeah. and practice them daily. And mm-hmm. it, it can be work, um, up front, like learning practices, you know, it can be like you have to develop a discipline in a it's sense, an investment. Yeah. But, but then after a certain point, once you integrate that into your experience of life, yeah. it, you don't even really have to try to do it anymore. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's just part of your day to day. Totally. I just, the yeah, there's a lot of like coping with the uncomfortableness of being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have to, I think you have to find, um, in your slices of free time, how are you going to use your free time? Are you going to use it to maintain and connect with yourself and feel better about reality so you can, when you have your task you need to do, you can be more present and loving in there? Or, you know, are you going to fucking eat pizza and watch fucking, you know, yeah. The Bachelorette? It's like, <laughs> they all have and their hey, place. Maybe that, yeah, maybe some of maybe each. Maybe that's yeah. part of your womb. Yeah. Like maybe that may be. How you cope. Yeah, I sometimes watch bad TV. Um, <laughs> What's like, your favorite it, bad TV show? I am not telling you. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Tell the people, oh, the gosh. people what they want. Okay. I occasionally watch Diva Brides. <laughs> I really oh. like watching them pick out the dress. <laughs> and the drama that ensues around it is like, is like, um, it's interesting for me in this way where it's like, wow, as an outsider, it's so easy to see that this is self-inflicted drama. Uh, right. yeah. And and then I apply it to my own life. Yeah, like, like oh, what am I, I inflicting? Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh my God, this is so stressful. And it's like, girl, yeah. no, it's not. Like if you wear this dress or that dress, like nobody cares, mm-hmm. you know, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you're watching it. You're like, Oh, you silly bitch. And they're like, wait, I'm a silly bitch. Exactly. That's exactly what it's like for me. And I think um, turning off, you know, um, if you struggle with like an overactive brain. Yeah, just mm-hmm. just getting, taking yeah. a vacation from your Yeah, thoughts, and meditation yeah. is like a healthier, more sustaining way to do it, that. But, it can but be whatever. dry sometimes, yeah. you know, like. Yeah. You do your practice, but sometimes you just got to space the space Yeah, out. that's okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a balance. And I, I recently started attending um, the Boulder Psychic Institute. Have mm. you guys heard of this school? No. It's really cool. I just took 101, which was like self-healing for, I guess, I guess it's for everyone, but it really taught techniques for like um, empaths and mm-hmm. sensitive folks and so now i have like this oh, whole cool. arsenal of like um guided imagery and meditations and i've been using that daily and it's been really awesome very cool yeah nice. right on mm-hmm. nice. and then the diva brides too when when yeah. shit gets rough <laughs> yeah they prescribe what you about, uh, what about you what, do you watch any uh, TV that Ooh, you want to talk about? My favorite <laughs> shit we've had been grooving lately is uh, Gordon Ramsay's Hotel Hell. Oh, oh boy, that shit is fucking awesome. <laughs> it so, sounds funny. Yeah. I haven't seen it. So he goes to like these family-run inns, like hotels and like inns and stuff, like in historic buildings that are run like shit. Mm. You know, like uh, the guy running is like an alcoholic and the, the chef lost his passion and he comes in and he's like hey 
Kids you are frozen food that. here. Does he just like chew yeah. them out? Yeah, but he. But what's really cool and what I really like about him is that um, he's really like uh, abrasive and fierce in calling out people's bullshit, but he does it from a place of love and wanting them to grow and to realize. And it's like this fierce grace thing that is really, really cool. And it it's not just being mean. It's like, hey, get your shit together. Yeah. yeah. Like I actually care about you and it's, this isn't silly. Let me help you. You're yeah. fucking up. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's really a cool and potent way. Um, that's the way I learn personally with myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's Same. like, it can be to a fault because that's the way I can address other people is to where it's like kind of a, kind of harsh, a little harsh and aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's a place for it. Maybe that's yeah. more of a male yeah. thing too. Yeah. For yeah. me, I internalized like a lot of the male voices in my life mm-hmm. and had this very like, aggressive inner voice that I wasn't aware of until more recent years, um, where I was just like really pushing myself very hard all the time and like sort of, you know, bordering on perfectionism. And then I really had to let go of that. Mm -hmm. So it's like on certain parts of the journey that can be really helpful. And then where I'm at right now, it's all about just being like sweet and gentle and like, cause you can, you can get become just yeah, you don't want to beat yourself up. Yeah, and like, on like Diva Brides out. days, you know, <laughs> I'll just like find things, you know, if I don't feel well, because um, I've been going through some health transitions, I'll find things that I like love about myself and really try to focus on that. And mm-hmm. I've noticed it helps me like um, actually do better in life than when I'm like, you're fucking up, girl. Like, yeah. you know. But there's definitely a place for that, especially in you teach certain... me your ways of being more feminine and loving towards <laughs> right. myself. Yeah, I was like, that's very thinking, tough like, one. I, I usually just do like push-ups or something. Yeah, <laughs> that is what I do. I'm just like, oh, there's this feeling. Mm, let's push up about it. <laughs> yeah, my path is or, like a really feminine one. So well, that's cool. I mean, I think psychologically. Um, part of the goal is to integrate aspects of femininity and masculinity. Yes, have both. Yeah, you balance whole. as much as you can. Yeah, yeah, I've been learning about my animus lately. Do you yeah. guys know well, about that? Well, I know that. that. Well, I have a painting titled Anima Monday. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so... I don't really know what it means. It's so it's, it's kind of a slippery... You go. Okay, it's kind of like a slippery subject. It's like a Jungian uh, psychological thing. Mm-hmm. It's part of the what he calls the unconscious or the collective unconscious. And like the anima, <laughs> if you're a man or you have a masculine psychology, mm-hmm. the anima is kind of like your feminine double, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of like like good friends. It's almost like the shadow. It's like the sh- your shadow personality is born out of the f- feminine matrix of your actual psychology. Wait, mm-hmm. so it's like the opposite. It's the rebuttal to your masculine yeah, it's, energy. Or let something? me share Not, what I learned about it. Yeah, yeah. I learned through this, um, the context of Tantra. Mm-hmm. So it came up in terms of like what you desire in partnership right. and, and how you interact with the opposite sex and then okay. integrating those things into yourself. So okay, in, right. in the positive way, so this wasn't direct from young. It was like some guy wrote a book off of 
based off of his concepts Mm -hmm. that is about like integrating your own inner lover. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, this is like the first time in my life I've been single for a stretch of time. And it's been a time of like, um, reflecting and looking at like, what am I seeking in partnership and how can I fulfill those needs for myself? Oh, okay. So what so, you would look for in a partner where you, you can supply that it to you. That, that's the, that's the way okay. we were looking at it. And yeah. then I started doing a series of sketches of myself as like the masculine, um, the masculine uh, part of myself yeah. and like integrating that. Um, and that's yeah, been really fun the, and therapeutic. It's, it's not it's a separate part of yourself. Basically. Yeah. It's like, it's the, it's the archetype from which all other archetypes spring out of in a way huh. is, is kind of the way that I read it at least. Right but it's, it's this, Kind of this, uh, if you do, if you're not really put together psychologically, it's this kind of force that emerges and reemerges in your life. And maybe if you even are put together psychologically, it's this undercurrent mm-hmm. of mental energy that it's really hard to talk about because it's not it, it's it not is, a material yeah. thing yeah. at all. But it, it's something that will reemerge in your behavior yeah. without you even knowing what you're doing. It's something that like kind of like nudges you or pushes you and yeah. you yeah. act upon. Yeah. It mm-hmm. calls you, it, it, it's something for me, at least in my So experience. you're trying to like impress. Do you think sometimes you try to impress this part of you yes, all the ex- time? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. my, Dude, like, yes. so like, yeah, there's like this inner girl that I'm trying to impress in myself totally. constantly. Yeah. Totally. Like, yeah, I had this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> you guys had any crazy dreams lately? Oh yeah. I had a good one last night. So I think I've, um, personalized my either anima or like, uh, whole feminine archetype, uh, through, um, I might have an unhealthy obsession with Erica Badu, but she, so she, she was in my dream last night and I, I was literally, so I was on this like cruise ship and like, I know a lot of people don't give a shit about dreams, but strap in or turn it off. Who cares? Um, but strap it on and tune in baby. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, uh, I was on this like cruise ship, which actually contained the whole world in it. And there were these different environments. Um, but at one point I literally, had like the mask of my own personality in my hand and I was walking up this hill and I there were people around and stuff and it was in this city and I looked down and I saw her lying there in the fetal position Erica Badu yeah and I was like oh it's her (gasps) I was like oh is she okay (sighs) and then I look away and I look back and she's like running at me and she snatches my mask that I'm holding in my hand. I thought you were going to say something else. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. Uh, But no, she snatches my, the mask of persona that I had been like, I'm like, yeah, I don't wear this all the time, but I have it around, you know? And she comes, just grabs it and runs away. Wow. And to me, you know, it was like, I was this close to lucidity in that I was like analyzing it as a metaphor Mm -hmm. as it was happening. I was like, oh, well, this is obviously like my idea of the divine feminine Mm -hmm. coming in and just like taking my persona and running away with it. I'm like, yeah, that's probably like 
good, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> That's a cool dream. Yeah. And I just want to say, I have cruise ship dreams all the time. Really? And I've never been on a cruise. I don't I know what either. that's about. Ooh, I haven't either. Spring break cruises? Yeah. yeah. Spring break 19. Spring break. Uh, but, <laughs> but I don't know. It was just weird because the ship actually contained... The world. The world, or at least my psychological conception of the world. Some of mine have been that way, too. That's crazy, dude. So weird. Yeah. Pound Maybe you guys go it. find each other on the cruise ship. Yeah, we'll sometime. hang out. Okay. Hot tub it, bro. Okay. Hot tub dream time machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a cruise Anyways, ship Anyway, so I don't know. How, how do we... Uh, I've had dreams of uh, drowning next to big boats. I have a lot of water <laughs> dreams. Like, I've noticed, like, when something intense is arising in my life, I have um, tsunami dreams. Mm, yeah, like overwhelm. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like, I... What I've heard, at least, I I used to write down my dreams all the time. I do, too. I and keep a dream journal. I wish I, I had my journal with me this morning because there was a lot more to that dream mm-hmm. than just that. That She, like, showed up a couple more times. Um, but anyway, so, you know, I've kind of read into, like, what certain symbols and dreams may mean. And uh, apparently water is supposed to be representative of emotions or something that's like mm-hmm. you know when we say mm. bubbling to the surface yeah that's like a that's like a boiling water kind of metaphor so right? a tsunami is like oh shit girl, yeah. you got some shit you oh, better I'm, look at yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 i used to have like drowning dreams all the time really um, yeah like it was back when we lived in pittsburgh i didn't have friends really and i was just starting to paint and I didn't know any, any other artists or anything so I felt like really lost and confused and scared so that would make sense yeah that you would have dreams of like water coming up and you can't mm-hmm. get out of it mm-hmm. huh yeah I don't yeah and lately I I've gotten really into dream work I actually like stop smoking weed so I could remember my dreams yeah. more yeah. yeah I think it's very valuable to maybe take some breaks from weed yeah. and actually let oh, your yeah. brain process what yeah. it needs to it wasn't making me feel good anymore either. So Same. it was just, yeah. it just made sense for me to quit. Mm-hmm. But um, I've been trying to sort through like, you know, what is like, because I, I think part of dreams are just magic and just your subconscious communicating mm-hmm. with you right. and healing. It's like defragging and being like, yeah. okay, we got to work through. There's even uh, evidence that people like sort through trauma in dreams Yeah, because when they're having like reliving the traumatic experience in dreams, their nervous system is like resetting in this way that you're not able to, if you're remembering it when you're awake. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, there's so much interesting stuff there. But then I also have had like um, night terrors and uh-huh. um, sleep paralysis. Ooh, and that, that so it is so scary. And that I, I tend to think of as more of like, there's something going on in my body that's causing that. Yeah. Do you see like, have you seen like shadow? The lady in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? There's like this, um, there's this character in, in sleep paralysis experiences that happens. I just got goosebumps. So I've had sleep paralysis once. Yeah. And yeah, now I know what you're talking about. The lady about. in the corner. <laughs> but also, on, also on, um, on mushrooms one time, it, I, it wasn't scary, uh-huh. but right Past my canvas, out of the corner of my eye, there was this dark woman figure there, mm-hmm. which, you know, maybe it was the anima, 
you know, maybe it was something. Maybe like it was that. Erica Badu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was darker than her. She's pretty light skinned, but uh, <laughs> this was some sort of. It was like it wasn't malevolent. It was just some feminine like figure right behind my painting, just kind of watching over me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily like showering me with love or anything, but yeah. it was just like. She's like, I see you. I got you. Yeah. Like, was it I'm, your I'm guardian just angel? This out. What? Was it like a guardian angel or was it maybe I don't know. not? I, I wasn't trying to really put labels on it like that because I think that. Um, don't label And Carl me, Jung like talks about this <laughs> too. The, the problem with um, encountering something so novel and. Uh, beautiful and and, and and just beyond words mm-hmm. it's like anytime you try and put them into a syntax structure it like diminishes you, like, or like yeah. doesn't yeah. quite yeah, hit yeah. the mark of what it was totally. or is um and and that's why some people who who have those you know talks with god experiences on mushrooms or or whatever come back and they can't quite integrate into the world of language that we've Mm -hmm. sort of set up as our our default and so it's when Carl Jung uh, who's he's kind of my favorite person to interface with like religious or psychedelic or beyond beyond the material reality experiences uh, because he he just talks about like he never says God in his writings. He says like the image of God. Yeah. Because it's as soon as you talk about it, it just slips away because it's it's something that you can't exactly talk about. (laughs) I think even like the, the Hebrew people had it right. Like when they were like, like they wouldn't say Yahweh, but it like doesn't mean Yahweh means like, like, or something, you know, Uh, cool (laughs) i don't know like that yeah there's so many different interesting perspectives there i i read this really interesting one the other day it was a um like sort of a biography story about a witch and it was sharing like some of her um traditional beliefs and a lot of them really resonated with me and one of them from her tradition was that god had been a woman and then around this um consciousness shift that happened like two thousand years ago or so like Mm -hmm. with christianity and stuff um god became a man so it's like this changing uh reflective entity um and i've never thought of it i've never thought it was important to you know, gender decide, God. yeah, yeah, <laughs> or like even like contain that idea of like what God is in any way. I've always thought it was like more fluid and like yeah. like a totally transcendent, inclusive, the, yeah, the white light, the all encompassing, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> the the idea of like ascribing a gender or personality. It's like you're just maybe self reflecting, but right, like whatever uh, the concept of God is, or I don't. I, I don't shy away from that term. Mm-hmm. I don't either. Um, I'm I, trying but I know, not to. I know it can be like a triggering right. thing because of like people's <laughs> religion. experience with religion, yeah. but it just means like the all, everything. It does. The, right. the one, yeah. right. the one happening. It, and it's like, it's both in all genders and races and right. it, it's, it's it transcends, it transcends, transcends any tribalism. label or, yeah. yeah. 
But I thought that was all. such like, even though it's not my view, I thought it was such a sweet, like folky view yeah. and a way of like telling the story of humanity in yeah. a way. It's like, then God changed from a woman into a man. Yeah. Like, okay. Interesting. God is trans. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> trans God. Yeah. yeah. And then of course that can be problematic because like, um, of like control structures, like, you know, if, um, if there is like religion that tends to be like more of a toxic masculine religion than using God's image as like male could be. It, it reinforces that state. Like if you see God as male, then the way you react to that, like if you, the supreme thing you see as like a masculine figure, yeah. then the way the culture manifests is going to be ba- like um, over accentuated in the masculine sphere. Yeah, it, or if it's intentional like or not. Yeah. It's almost like mm-hmm. easy to make that a tool of oppression because it's like we have all these different people here. Well, exactly. And just choosing one, like, okay, God is a white man. Yeah. Jesus is, you know, it's like. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the blonde haired, blue eyed Jesus. Right. Thing is such problematic. Bullshit. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's, it, that's exactly what it is. It's people have a lot of unintegrated resentment towards religion i think Mm -hmm. because like the worst among us have taken it and used it as a way to wield power Mm -hmm. and that's why i think a lot of people who are smart are atheists um or people who who examine things just so so analytically are atheists because they're like well look at all the crap that is spawned through religion which is kind of like a mass tribalism you know or it can be it but then can isn't be. like sometimes i think of like atheism is just the religion of logic of non-god yeah. but or, it's still yeah. it's still a religious I, yeah it's still lens. a it, it can still be a dogmatic it's, thing it's a way of right? integrating yeah. with the world of like trying to know the nature of what it is trying to syntax it all yeah right. as soon as you think you're on to knowing the nature of reality you're in the religious sphere yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah. it's, it's kind so of all of them and none of them at once, you mm-hmm. know. I yeah. feel like almost, almost religious in how important like ritual, ritual and magic is to me and ritual. community. Mm-hmm. But I've built it, and I'm constantly building my life around that in a way that's like open and ever changing and inclusive and yeah, um own unique yeah it's not like static evolving religion yeah, yeah like i am am doing ritual and i'm communing with the divine mm-hmm. but it's always changing and um yeah it's like the face of god is always shifting and yeah i think i think ritual is something that is so important um assessing where you are what you would like to let go of uh, what you would like to invite in, um, mm-hmm. setting, mm-hmm. setting goals, calibrating yourself and yeah, your relationship yeah. to the world. Like kind of, almost like a religious idea in a way. Yeah. yeah. It's just you're too, looking it's, at this yeah. ultimate like destination in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you get there and then the ultimate destination switches or your, yeah. your frame switches to another mm-hmm. target basically. Yeah. It's like, like I'll personally, um, there's like the principles of, um, creativity, community, health, and, uh, wealth for those beings, you know? Yeah. And like, those are kind of the core thing that you're always paying attention to, yeah. but what they exactly mean, um, 
as you're going along, your path changes. Like, you know, wealth can be from like wanting money instead to wanting just to be together with people and being secure and, uh, you know, like friendship is wealth. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. And then as you're setting those intentions, I think like the other side of that is like, it's a, it's a space that you open up where you can look back and be like, wow, look how far I've come. And, um, then like, it's like looking back and forward in an intentional space, Mm -hmm. because if you're going through life constantly, like looking at the past or, you know, pining for the future, it creates anxiety and depression. But if you open up the space just to like set intentions Mm -hmm. and appreciate really like have gratitude for like remember yeah like the path yeah Yeah. Yeah. and like remembering that right now is all there is and Mm -hmm. reconnecting with it yeah you can it's really easy to um you know we we dance between chaos and order and i think like ritual brings order back to your chaos because or, or else you might just start floating around and then you mm-hmm. kind of forget, you forget why you're doing what you're doing. And I think if you don't have, um, if you don't remind yourself and you don't have something that you're shooting for, there's yeah, not it brings like a, meaning to your yeah, life. Yeah, you don't have meaning for what you're yeah. doing. You're you just, don't have you're a just doing path. it. And mm-hmm. also like there's something so incredibly sacred about being witnessed in that very intimate space by a community of people. Yeah, yeah. Being very vulnerable. I think that's what's missing. Like that's sort of like the heart of what's missing from yeah. like modern society is like ritual. Like it's so incredibly healing and um, just heart opening and deepening to yeah. have that with people where you're open and you're vulnerable mm-hmm. and it's safe. Yeah. Like you're agreeing, Hey, we're going to meet up and we're going to yeah. like, spill our guts out and yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to love each other so hard. Yeah. I'm going to love you so much more yeah. for understanding what your flaws are yeah. and how you want right. to You grow. create a bubble of non-judgment. It's yeah. a sacred space. It's really and powerful. Then, yeah. It's, yeah. It's intimacy. And it's freeing. Because mm-hmm. isn't, isn't just judgment a lot of times just you projecting your own flaws and insecurities on someone else or seeing yeah. your own flaws and insecurities 100%. in someone else's yeah, behavior. Yeah, that's probably all that it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And and so to realize that we're kind of all on the same page there, mm-hmm. I think is, yeah. you know, invaluable. Yeah. And another thing about ritual that I've been really reflecting on is like, um, so you remember the ritual we did um, mm-hmm. and there's this part at the end where someone sort of sits in the center and then everyone takes time to like look at them and tell them what they absolutely just love about them and yeah. what's good about them. <laughs> and I was reflecting on that the other day and how powerful that is. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking about rom-coms and how <laughs> there's always this moment in the rom-com yeah. where the person really sees the other person Mm -hmm. and they're like, Hey, you know, maybe you don't get seen, but I see you and here's what's so great about you. And And it doesn't happen enough in real life. I love the way you flip your hair. Yeah. 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 Or like deeper, hopefully, but you you know, like your brush off your table and use it as a microphone and sing old Motown songs. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? I think as souls, we really deeply want to be seen and recognized. And so creating that space where you're Mm -hmm. like, 
I see you is so powerful. Yeah. Like tell your friends why you love them. Like, Absolutely. Let, let them know. Yeah. You know, like reinforce what they do right or what is endearing Absolutely. about them, why you love them. Yeah, everybody yeah. love it, everybody. It, <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy to sit and have a group of friends just like um, appreciate you and praise you. And it doesn't like, it doesn't grow your ego. No, Instead, it's humbling. It, it like breaks yeah. your heart. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, Oh, I'm okay. It's, oh, yeah. I, it's like, yeah. powerful and humbling. And I think like, you know, in like more tribal societies, um, it seemed like they had that sort of family culture where like mm. they had rituals that were built around recognizing an individual as they go through a transition or something yeah. like that. And I think it's really important and Rever our human souls yeah. crave it. Just reverence for one another. Yeah. Yeah. Respect. Mm -hmm. Respect. Yeah. And it's like, you get a hit of that and then you start sharing it too. Mm -hmm. It's the more we can encourage each other, I think, and um, remind each other that they're doing a good job. Yeah. Just, you know, little hints and nudges, you know? Yeah. I had, I had a friend the other day, like I was, you know, I, I dislocated my jaw and I was like having a really hard time. And my friend just like gave me this list of like everything I had accomplished in the past year. And it was like the greatest gift just to feel mm -hmm. seen and like, cause you're so down in this one thing yeah. and you think it's all fucked up. And yeah. Then, yeah. And then, no, and yeah, they also thing. removed a lot of pressure from me. Yeah. They were like, you're good. You, you're doing great. Like, mm -hmm. you know, don't be down on yourself. What? I meant you got to just turn it. To okay. I think it's good. <laughs> it's a lot of technical difficulties. Yeah. We're still ironing it out. <laughs> wow. It's like dark in here now. It's kind yeah. of vibey. We kind of shifted from daylight to yeah. night in here and it's, it's got this warm glow of, uh, of string lights that are, I didn't even notice they were kind of strobing in this really <laughs> subtle way. They're twinkling. So that brings up something. Emily, you are, um, you're an incredible designer of your own space. It's like truly a Thank sanctuary. You. Yeah, really. Like is. we were joking around I before we started this podcast that you should charge admission for people to oh, yeah. check it so out. That's so nice. It's like, have you always kind of just you know, randomly collected things. You have such like a oh, cool yeah. curated collection of, you know. No, I am like a pack rat. And this yeah. is like, I mean, I've moved four times in the past two years. So this is like 10% of what I had before. My old house was like a museum. Mm -hmm. I lived in it for 10 years, but mm -hmm. I love collecting like sacred items. Yeah. Like, like I put a lot of like, um, magical value and meaning and, um, memories into things. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, moving into this part of my life where it's like, I'm living alone for the first time ever. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to make my sanctuary and make it just for <laughs> me, like just the way I want it. Um, and there's still like so much more I want to do, but yeah. every, I have all these little altars everywhere and so charged in here. I put yeah. photos yeah, really of my, beautiful. my childhood self around so I can be like, oh, cool. oh props inner child, you know, <laughs> love you girl. Look but, who you became. <laughs> yeah, thanks for appreciating my space. That makes yeah. me feel good. No, it's really, I mean, you can tell that you've put a lot of energy. It's almost like. It's almost like a painting in that way or a piece of art, Sweet. you know, it's a, and it's an extension of, of who you are. And mm -hmm. 
I don't know. I feel really good walking into this space. Oh, good. And it's something that um, I don't have trouble with, but I I don't necessarily, that's not like a focus for me necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a cancer, so that's a big part of it. It's your space. <laughs> yeah. I just like, my dream is to like find my little nook in the universe and like nest it out and make it super cozy and then have people over and Hell make yeah. them feel good and cook them food. That's oh, like doing my fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel, it feels like home. I think to almost anybody that comes in here, oh, good. Yeah. just like this comfort that overwhelms you, you know? Thanks. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's interesting. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Creating your space and the way you lay it out and like having intention in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that concept of uh, like Randall introduced it to me, Randall Roberts. Um, Shouts. Yeah, shout out to Randall. <laughs> but uh, the idea of in your space, um, if it's not, you only have uh, objects in your house that are either beautiful or useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. Like, get rid of anything else. Yeah. yeah. Don't yeah. clutter your That's space. a hard one, but I, you know, it took a lot of work and I, I've been working on that because I realized I had attachments to things that were just mm-hmm. like, you know, energetically like not super healthy like it was like oh i've had this forever i'm keeping it and Mm -hmm. i had this like two weeks of just like throwing everything away and it was so amazing and it's like getting rid of that clutter in your space yeah the the clutter in your mind Mm -hmm. goes away too like your your the space that you live within and your mind are like almost direct reflections of each other absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah and that's like, like some days if my house is a mess, I just can't paint. I can't concentrate. And it's, I Mm -hmm. love, I love the feeling of, uh, cleaning the house and getting everything in order and then sitting down to work and you're just there. Me too. Yeah. 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 It's important to not be cluttered because it, it disrupts the process too. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean like if, if there are a million things in like random places, yeah. I get kind of messy in my studio. Sometimes. Yeah, I that's do the, too. That's the thing. Once you go in, like once you set the stage though, but then you dive into your creative process, yeah. just somehow chaos just yeah. swirls around yeah. that creative space. It's and to me, there's even something comforting about that. Like yeah. if I stay up all night painting and then I sleep, um, you know, till like noon and then I get up and there's like papers everywhere and like, tubes of paint yeah. and paintbrushes i'm like yeah, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. Son, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i like that oh yeah yeah for sure <laughs> it's kind of like whatever th- my process at least is in painting um it's kind of whatever thought is the most what would i call it imminent or something mm-hmm. is the one i go with when i'm creating something and you have to kind of follow that flow of yeah. mental energy and whatever it takes by any means necessary kind of thing. Like it's like a Malcolm X philosophy of, uh, of making a painting where you, uh, where you're just like, Oh, I need magenta right now. <laughs> and you just like freaking throw it on the canvas and brush it out and toss the tube of paint yeah. where, wherever it may land. And it's not, like you're really paying so much attention to um, order in that moment. Totally. Yeah. But you order your life in such a way that it's easy to grab that tube of paint 
yeah in that moment you're not like you're not taking that extra bandwidth to be like where do i put that mm-hmm. and like looking for it yeah you set that stage and then you let, let yourself go into creative ecstasy and you're just right. like it's mm-hmm. going on right, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah and then after you chucked enough stuff then once you go to look for that magenta, you're like, God damn it. Where's the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right, it's That's time to clean you, up again. Yeah. yeah you start kinda, fresh. It's that balance of chaos and order again. Yeah. Totally. Where mm-hmm. you, after, yeah. After you can't find it, you're like, well, I guess I should spend some time and order my <laughs> yeah. studio mm-hmm. again so that I can be, um, so I can have the freaking magenta. Yeah. Ultimately efficient <laughs> again. I know this is like a random question, but are you guys scared of any colors to use when you paint? Yeah, yeah. Kind I kind of. It dep- well, you go, go for it. <laughs> no, you. Okay. Um, I have an aversion to like out of the tube reds and yellows. Mm-hmm. Um, I love blues and purples, and I love like mixed earthy reds and like a little bit of yellow. Yeah. But I'm I never almost Out just of the use tube like reds. it's so bold. It's yeah. so like it's making a statement. Well, it feels like the energy of it feels like like a little aggressive to me. Yeah. And then also, but I would like to like challenge myself and get over that. But then also I think I have this weird association, which is like part of what we like and dislike is just our own personal journey of memories. And I right. think mm-hmm. for me, like red reminds me of like like boys in kindergarten <laughs> and like, you know, like primary red lunch boxes and t-shirts. Yeah, coloring and, with their fists. Yeah. Like. Yeah. There's just something that isn't resonating with like the vibe I'm trying to yeah, make. Like, I love out of the tube red. I'm like a little boy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so bright. It's, like the crayon. it's like my secret weapon. I'll make a painting. I'm like, mm, not bright enough. Not bright <laughs> enough. That cadmium red. Red. That's why I'm excited to collaborate. Cause I'm know, trying right? to bring some of that um that brightness and i do also i'm not really big into fluorescent colors Mm -hmm. yeah but i have a couple friends who use them like uh pharaoh like yeah brian Brian i love his use of he kills it like and he does it delicately somehow he he really brings like an artistic quality the most tasteful use of yeah yeah Yeah. i have such a hard time using we'll have to tell him to listen to this podcast (laughs) make him happy (laughs) (laughs) yeah but a lot of times i feel like i I look at fluorescent and i'm just like ooh, i feel queasy it's jarring (laughs) Yeah. yeah But yeah, it's cool whenever, uh, people can take something like that, like Mm -hmm. a bright red or a neon that you just can't figure out how to, uh, like use it, execute it correctly. Mm -hmm. And some people really kill it and they bring, like people can bring a subtlety to an extremely bold color. Yeah. uh, It's cool. You know, it is. What about you guys? Do you have color versions? I don't, I, I don't really, but if I already have a palette going, um, and my palettes sometimes consist of, you know, eight to 10 colors maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I already have a palette going and it's, you know, I'm not going to just introduce a new color into the, uh, community mm-hmm. without vetting it first, yeah. I guess. Like, um, one interesting thing that I've, uh, done in the past is, I'll take um, either primary or tertiary, um, 
the how do you say that tertiary 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 so like either uh red yellow blue or purple green orange and mm-hmm. then have um temperature wise like a more uh like a warm blue and a cool blue mm-hmm. and a warm yellow and a cool yellow so you could use so in the example of yellow you could use maybe ochre yellow would be your warm and then like cadmium yellow light would be your cool yellow Mm -hmm. and then like taking those six colors plus a white and kind of mixing them and, and and seeing the color combinations you can get with just basically the primary colors it's really crazy like if you mix like a cool red with like a warm blue Mm -hmm. you get this kind of like just insane vibrational like my my favorite purple is alizarin crimson mixed with ultramarine blue oh yeah it's Uh. so the depth of it and it's like rich and like interesting yeah Yeah. those two colors (laughs) you guys are such nerds Uh. on my palette every single time yeah me too yeah or alizarin um crimson and and phthalo turquoise yep delicious pound it so good my infinite gal <laughs> that yeah that's my that's some of my favorite too um, you guys are talking like real artists right now <laughs> yeah let's we can get technical i mean yeah you know no i love it it's awesome yeah but, and like i've learned so much just by being around other artists like mm-hmm. shout out martin cash my roommate who's the bomb who who's just amazing like, artist an yeah, amazing artist and his use of color and blending and mm-hmm. mixing Masterful. It's just on another level. Mm-hmm. That boy has got it going on. Yeah. So, um, you know, and he'll, I, I love having him as a roommate because I'm like, what's wrong with this portrait? He'll look at the reference. He'll look at the, at what I've done and be like, well, this shadow right here is like, it's a little too light or it's a little too dark. And the transition from, that shadow value to your mid values needs like another color or value in there somewhere. I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, you fucking right. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to add that there's something like about the way about Martin's relationship to art that I admire so much. Oh, he ta- he's, I think he's so technical and takes that. So yeah. And, really and it's also like, it, exactly. Like, that's what stuff. I was saying is like, he's like a yogi and he has this type of relationship where he like respects the art. Um, yeah. and he doesn't like seem like he's like forcing or pushing through. It's yeah, like, like a dance. He, he and has like, a lot of space and time. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I feel like, his approach and my own there's we're like total opposites <laughs> yeah, in the way totally. we approach it and i think that's a big reason why i dig his art so much because yeah. he's like he's carving out this avenue that is so different from the way i approach it myself yeah. mm-hmm. and it's uh yeah his art just makes you feel calm and it's so serene yeah. and like soft it's and, like him like yeah, yeah uh-huh. he's a very serene man yeah yeah, he is. yeah well and to bring it kind of full circle is like he, I don't think he went to art school like off the top, you know, like as a student in college or anything like that. But now he's going to uh, these like ateliers and like figure drawing classes and just things where at this point it's, it's very, it's going to stick in this yeah. 
academic and technical way that isn't trying to tell you like what you should be painting, but like how to right. paint. Like, yeah. You're already so deep in, into your own art project, your mm-hmm. own art process. So like you kind of know how you're approaching it right. and then you can take direction and like mm-hmm. yeah, right. exponentially increase your skills. To like, oh, this is how to do this. Right. Okay. It's not saying mm-hmm. like, you should follow modern art trends. Right. But yeah. it's no, like, it's helpful. This is how you wise. build layers and this is how you transition values and, mm-hmm. and this is how you get your proportions right. I yeah. think I'm going to take a class there this spring. They yeah. have uh, a long pose. It's like a whole month, um, one model, one pose, wow. huh. five days a week. And wow. I can't go every day, but I think I'm going to go one or two days a week and yeah. just get the practice yeah. because it, it really helps my understanding of the figure definitely working yeah. from life and I, I, I never yeah. do it anymore I think it, that's really cool too like you don't work from life but you work from photographs and mm-hmm. you're a master at painting the human body Thank but you. that but that you still embrace the idea of being a student I absolutely you've, you've feel like I have so much to learn about the figure yeah. I feel like a a, a young novice of figure mm-hmm. painting you know like it's i like just see mo- you can like, go so much deeper like the more you learn the more you realize you don't yeah exactly know exactly infinite, infinite. yeah, yeah. i really cool. want to get that like the underlying sort of muscle structure of people down and yeah. um i really want to i've been working on um like texture like i am doing this cellulite fabulous painting right oh, now cool. wow. and that's been really fun that and challenging it sounds really difficult yeah i mean i'm just Subtle figuring it out but yeah. i think that's been something that's missing from my work is cellulite well if you need a muscular <laughs> model <laughs> yeah I, I don't have any cellulite but i've got a lot of hair okay so, i yeah. can work with that hairy cheeks if you want to draw some shoulder hair yeah i'm your guy okay perfect <laughs> all right cool well, where do we go from here? That's the eternal question, though, right? Mm. What's the, where what's do you the go next step? Are we trying to wrap it up? We are two hours in. We are? Wow. That yeah. flew by. It did. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I find it so funny. It's like we're so early in this podcast project, and we're just learning how to like talk on microphones and do a interview slash hang mm-hmm. and it's like how do you um identify when it's time to wrap it up and how do you do that yeah it's like well uh well cool um well oh, see you later, see you later. <laughs> now that we've like, covered yeah, shoulder hair i think trail. we're done yeah do you, well do you have any um maybe oh yeah like uh advice do you have so advice okay. or uh, if, parting words or like mm. a mission for yourself that you'd also is something to share outside world yeah totally um my personal mission right now is to be like more gentle on myself and um just like really kind um with myself and the way I'm moving through my life and through art and to give myself time and space Mm -hmm. and I think everyone especially in our country and in our culture could use a little bit of that medicine. And then I'm also like feeling really excited about representing different body types in my artwork. And that's been like a big focus for me recently is like, 
wow, everybody's so damn sexy. Like, yeah, like all the different shapes. And, yeah, dudes mm-hmm. with shoulder mm-hmm. hair, you know, people in bigger bodies, um, body hair, all the different things. And I think it's like a big um, collective cultural wound of like this very narrow-minded beauty standard. And I just love like the feeling of being a tiny piece of dismantling that through artwork. And I know that there are so many people doing that work right now and kudos. I think it's awesome. That's beautiful. Is there anything that you would tell your younger self um, now that you're older, uh, either about your art or even about um, living life, any, any advice you would give to yourself and or, younger artists coming up trying to make their way. I think if I could have that moment with my younger self, I feel like it would just be like a lot of hugging. Like, yeah, yeah I think it yeah. would just be like breaks for that yeah, young, vulnerable self. And just that you're, you're okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. You're okay. Like it turns yeah. out good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And keep trying. And like, yeah, but not yeah. too hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, do your thing yeah. and do it as well as you can. But yeah, d- but actually, don't be, yeah. Like, I just thought of mm-hmm. something. It's like, um, it's like you are inherently valuable just by virtue of like being a soul. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to earn you don't have to constantly earn your existence. Like you're, you live in this magical body. And, um, even if you weren't like creating cool art, like you're just valuable for showing up. And so to value yourself in all of your different stages of life, Mm -hmm. the sooner you can love yourself, the sooner you're going to be that thing you wish you were. Yeah. Right. Realize you were it all along. Yeah. Yeah. That's almost like the earning part of it. Yeah. Is accepting who you are and then moving forward. Yeah. It's like if you if you do feel the need to earn something, the earning is in the uh is in the learning, I guess. I mean that mm-hmm. that's dumb, but whatever. Uh the earning. Learning. <laughs> but yeah, like yeah. if you want to earn your spot in the world, step into your own power, step into totally. who you are, yeah. step into the uniqueness of your uh of your weirdness and, yeah. and optimize that. Like just by being yourself, like you deserve to be here. And I feel like we think we have to like be so productive all the time yeah. to like be deserving. Uh-huh. And that's just not accurate. Like you can just like be your beautiful little sunshine soul. And like, that's mm-hmm. good enough. And then anything else is like the I topping. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Like mm-hmm. do it, do the thing, but, but don't feel that that's, what you are like there's an infinite part of you that is always deserving deserving. Mm -hmm. cool beautiful yeah awesome well thank you emily yeah Yeah, thank you so much you're awesome and um, we love you love you too and tell the people where to find you like on the internet and um yeah good stuff cool so um i mostly update on Instagram. So my Instagram is Emily, the funky priestess. And then I've got a website at emilykell.com and that's K E L L. Awesome. Yeah. Check her out. Thanks. Thanks so much, Emily. I love you uh, guys. We love you too. We love you we too. Love. Thank you for inviting us into your space and for uh, talking to yeah, us. Yeah, Thanks for coming. Granting us your wisdom. This was so fun. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, 
We will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>